The thing is not how you are on your best days, how can you step up on your worst day? What's your, when everything is going terrible, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're edgy, how do you treat other people? Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again, as comedian Bruce Leonard joins us with a great conversation about the highs and lows of being a stand-up comic. From working his way up through the ranks, to returning to the stage as the pandemic at least takes a break, to the madness surrounding the Will Smith-Chris Rock situation and how that will affect all stand-ups. It's a peek inside one of the toughest jobs. And here we go! And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, Batten down the hatches and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dallas podcast begins now. La, 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 la. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dallas podcast, episode 218. Comedian Bruce Leonard joins us today for some wackiness and eccentricity. We sure shall. But before we jump into that episode... Let's say a few thank you. Thank you to, for, to Shore Design for being fantastic to us since uh, the early days of the podcast. Thank you also to grasslandbeef.com for feeding us like kings in recent times. Yes. Anytime you want to go grocery shopping, take a quick look at grasslandbeef.com first if you live in the US and figure out if maybe you can get some of their products rather than just getting the goods at Vons or whatever supermarket chain is out there. They'll take care of you. It shows up frozen and ready to go. Yeah, about once a month, they have a 15% discount across the board on everything they sell. So if you feel that you are tight with money, that may be the time when you want to make your purchases. But yes, good stuff at grasslandbeef.com. Also, thank you to zebraathletics.com for the great mats in my garage. Shout out also, we did it a couple of times, might as well do it again, occultaherbsandtonics.com. They make some great herb mixes for your steak, for your salad, for all sorts of stuff. So occultaherbsandtonics.com. And of course, the shout out to the folks keeping the drunk in the drunken Taoist, Aum Cellars and materawines.com. As I've been mentioning for a couple of months, the 10 Green Land Conservancy Hikeathon is almost here now that it's May. If you're looking for a way to challenge yourself and your friends and give back, 10 Green Land Conservancy's Hikeathon is right around the corner, and we're here for it. It's like a race without the running. If you love nature and the outdoors and want to help us save what we have left of it, 
visit www.10green.org and learn more about this awesome and important event. Registration wraps up at the end of the month and the event begins June 1st. There are various competition categories, hikers, paddlers, mountain bikers, climbers, trail runners. There's also a photography competition. So check out the website, 10green.org. Sign up for a competition or two. Participants can come from anywhere. It's not just for Tennessee. And get out there and have a good time. Great prizes from REI and Patagonia. Get some miles under you. Get you some prizes. Hike with a dog if you want to. There's lots of ways to do it. So have a good time. We'll report back in June to see exactly how it's all going. So have a good time at 10 Green. I was just thinking about it yesterday. I really realized that just red wine is one of my life's pleasures. It just makes me happy. Is uh, There are other things, I, you know, I, the occasional hit of weed feels good, but nothing like red wine to me, for me. Just the way everybody's well, got different be. You got your special thing with, yeah. Couldn't have anything to do with that Italian heritage. Yeah, I think, which is funny because my dad never really did. Like he would have, he would drink very rarely, never red wine. Not big on olive oil. One, I always, in fact, thought he was German or something. He's like, all the <laughs> shit you eat is like butter rather than olive oil, beer <laughs> rather than wine. All the, I'm like, you're really German. That's the truth, not the... And I get, I mean, I like the, the, I like the super northern Italian stuff. It's cool. But I also like the super southern Italian stuff, the stuff in the middle and everything around it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's trippy. But yes, red wine. Check out these guys. You know, Stanley Tucci's doing another set of six shows for six more regions, so... Did he get his uh, smell taste back, or is he has to fake it? I think he's back. He doesn't look like he's tasting it, but when he tastes that, that bolognese, it looks like his eyes roll back in his head. Like oh Either that or he's a great actor, well, right? It's possible, he's too. Just, uh, I just think perhaps he needs a, a companion the next two or through. So. Right? That would be nice. Worst gigs. Yeah, man, it's funny. It's like, I've tried to pitch it a few times, History on Fire as a TV show, and this is how TV is. It's like, you know, you bring something that works where you had hundreds of thousands of downloads of me talking for two hours in a microphone with my heavy Italian accent, not the greatest business plan ever. You say, if that's successful, what could you do with a travel show with me bringing the audience already? So you start at already a bunch of people in. Yep. Plus, and they're like, ah, that's, that's really interesting. But how would it work exactly? And like, Oh my fucking god! It's like, do you see a song breaks? Because Bollywood seems to be breaking through. Perhaps a dance number yeah. in the second act. Not dealing with entertainment. In that's why I like podcasting because at least you can just go out and do it. And if you if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you don't have to go jump through the twenty seven thousand hoops that people who have no idea what they are doing put in front of you. You just describe the entire entertainment business. Yeah, it's... The only ones that make any decisions are the accountants anyway. So what hope is there? Yeah, no, it's a strange, strange... But even that is like, if you bring something that's clearly going to sell... That should appeal to the accountant side, right? It's yeah, like, but there's some millennial that you know went to some school that taught him that this is the way it's done, and you can't do anything yeah. differently if it's not the, so. Look at TV right now. No, I know it's, it's all cookie cutter. We're yeah. oversaturated. Yeah, you can't keep up with it all. They yeah. just crank it out like crazy. And, no, it's uh, three people. But in any case, other than that's maybe, why we're so successful. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Uh, let's say thank you to the sweet folks who have parted with their hard-earned money to support us. Here we go. 
Let the pottering begin. Thank you to Aaron Weisner, Austin Stilwell, Clayton Payne, Irene Branton, Jonathan Waterloo, Stephen McKee, Frederick Hahn, Ryan Merklin, Stephen Notariani, Joseph Lord, Nicola Tonia, Istis Giusca, Thomas Robinson, John Vergara, Lisa Robles, Nick Zonic. Fantastic. What a great crew. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for the support. If you want to join this brave band of heroes, either PayPal to my email address, bodhi1974 yahoo.com, bodhi1974 yahoo.com, or there's paypal.me forward slash the letter D, and then my last name, B-O-L-E-L-L-I. Kiva keeps going like crazy. I'm actually chatting with the Kiva folks tomorrow. Nice. Because... We're approaching 200,000. Maybe they'll congratulate us. Maybe they'll send us a tax bill. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But in any case, shall we get the ball rolling? Let the wackiness begin. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so here we roll our guest today, Mr. Bruce Leonard. Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's been uh, a long time coming. I know you are like, this is on my bucket list of things to do. I want to do a Drunken Taoist episode. Yeah, about four years ago, I put it on the list of things that I wanted to do. And uh, I wanted to thank you for having me here. Obviously, uh, I feel eminently unqualified <laughs> to be on this show. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. <laughs> the, it's always, I think I did an episode at one point. Uh, oh no, it was a it was a Drunken Taoist one. I was thinking somehow I threw it in History on Fire, but it wasn't. It was in Drunken Taoist when we did something about the power of slow, stupid persistence where you just stick with it and no matter what, you just keep biting. That's the cool thing about sometimes making bucket list of stuff where you're like, three years in, you're nowhere closer to where it happened, but it's like, I haven't let go of that idea. It's gonna happen at some point. Hold on. So it's, (laughs) uh, well, speaking of which, so to introduce you to folks who don't know you, um, you, like I like the fact that there's something in your story that's pretty sweet about how you went from uh, dropping your job, pursuing comedy, moving to Vegas without knowing anybody, uh, starting out on you know where everybody starts, kind of at the lowest rung on the level, and then climbing your way, claw by claw, climbing your way up and being a much better place now than you were a while ago. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, it's actually my journey started way before that. Um, right. Yeah, because this is actually This is my second two. time. Exactly, yes. yes. This is my second time doing so comedy. So let's start even earlier. When I first started doing comedy, I had been in music most of my life. And when I got around 30 years old, I was like, well, this hasn't ever really, this hasn't worked out really. Mm-hmm. And I can't keep doing this forever because I was in like loud rock bands. Sure. So I started looking around for something else I could do. I was like, well, I'm not going to stop performing. I've been performing since I was a little kid. Yeah. So I'm not going to stop doing that. So I started looking at acting, you know, comedy. And then, you know, every club has a, bring five people and you can get five minutes. Yeah. So I was like, I can bring five people. So I brought five people. I signed up. I started doing comedy. I realized I was pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. 
I moved up really fast, mm-hmm. and I was road featuring, and I was and I was working at the Funny Bone in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm opening up for these for famous people, and I opened up for Mitch Hedberg, and Mitch Hedberg the next year comes around, the Funny Bone calls me, and they say, "Hey, you want to open up for Mitch Hedberg again? He seemed to like you." I say, "Yeah." So I go there, first walk in, first thing he says is, "Why are you still here?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure this out, you know." I don't yeah. know. So he goes, "Give me your phone number." And I give him a phone number, you know. And that happens all the time too. And you never hear from me. Sharp. The very next day, I'm eating with my wife. I was married at the time. We're eating at uh, this restaurant, and my phone starts ringing. I look at the phone, and it says, "My wife." I said, "Well, Miss Herberg's calling me on the phone." She's like, "Well, you better answer it." <laughs> So I answer the phone and he goes, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And you meet me in Nashville. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you $500 and buy you a hotel room. What? Zanies. Yes, Zanies. I go to Zanies, I meet him there. So I started opening up for him and we started to become friends. And mm-hmm. he starts telling me all these things. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take you to Hollywood and we're going to do this and we're going to write a sitcom together and blah, blah, blah. And just a guy from the Midwest, you're, you're going, is this really happening? Right. To me? It's crazy. Then he passes away. Mm. So when he passed away, it was like a double gut punch. It's of like, course. It's like my friend died and my career. Right. Everything that I had, all these plans that we had, well, this yeah. is not going to happen now. Of course. And my friend is dead. Yeah. So I did comedy. I had some shows booked still, and I did the comedy, but I did not want to be there. Mm-hmm. It all of a sudden had become very dark. Yeah. And like, this is not fun. Yeah. I need to take a break. Yeah. So I just didn't book any more shows tonight. And I was like, well, I'm just going to take a break. Well, that break turned into... Multi-year. Three years, four yeah. years. Yeah, I got sucked back into music. I was running a music yeah. club. I'm doing all the playing in another band, you know. All these things to distract. Yeah. It took a lot while to climb out of that depression. Mm-hmm. Three years into that, I started thinking again. I was like, well, I need to go back. Mm-hmm. If he knew that I quit... Yeah. He would be very angry at me. Right. Because this guy believed him. You sure. know what I mean? Of course. So it's like, I have to go back and finish this job yep. for him. So I started over. And that's when I met you. Mm-hmm. As all roads seem to go through Joe Rogan. On this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast and I heard your podcast. Right. I heard you yeah. on there and I started listening to your podcast. And then, as you know, when the Trump thing started happening, yep. I messaged you. I just messaged you randomly. And sure. it's like, hey, you seem like the kind of guy that would have an interesting perspective on this whole thing since mm-hmm. you come from Italy you have the, yep. the Mussolini family connection you know you <laughs> right you've seen the, the fascist thing yep. right up close so I wanted to hear your perspective on it and we started talking and we just kept talking mm-hmm. and then we became friends that was right around the time that I had started back up mm-hmm. and that's when I was like I want to meet you in person depart- yeah, yeah, on this show yep. like I put it on the list of things and here we are today. Yep. It was a long journey. But yeah, so what I did was I started going to open mics again. Like I'd mm-hmm. never done comedy. Yep. I never tried to go back and be like, I'm ready to come back. Right. Because it just doesn't work like Yeah, that. yeah, of course. So I threw out all my stuff. I started going to mics. I wrote all new material I, uh, until I thought I had at least a half an hour sure. that I could do. And then I started testing that in bars. When I knew I had that, I was like, okay, I need to move. Mm-hmm. At that time, I got promoted from my job, and they sent me to Charlotte. And I was like, well, I'll just go to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I have a pretty good job, and I'll just do comedy there. But until I got to Charlotte, and there's no comedy. The one comic I know that lives there, he's like, everybody that's good, they move. They go to Atlanta, <laughs> or they go, you know, right. they, they take yeah. off somewhere else. So there's no comedy. 
I had signed an agreement that I would be there for one year. Always. Because they paid for me to sure. move and all Of course. So I just called my friend. I knew one guy that lived in Las Vegas, and he'd been telling me to come out there for a long time. And I called him, and I go, I'm coming, finally. I'm going to be here for one year, and then I'm going to resign my yeah. job and move out there. So I just worked like I was in work release. Yeah. I just worked, <laughs> went home, saved all my money, moved to Las Vegas. Again, started all... What I did was yeah. took my half an hour and cut it back to five minute increments and started doing mics again. Yeah. But I actually had material, mm -hmm. so people started to notice me. Well, who's this guy? You know, where did he come from? Yeah. Well, like, well, I had done a lot of work before I came here. But then I started to move up in Las Vegas. Right. I had a lot of momentum going, and then the pandemic happened. Whole city shuts down. One year, there's nothing. So I'm thinking to myself, am I going to lose all this momentum that yeah. I built up? You know, I don't know what's going to happen when it, when the city comes back. But what happened was quite the opposite. What happened was people that were half in, half out, they all got swept off the table. <laughs> and so I actually got pushed up. Right. And now I'm, I started going on the road. Now I'm all the way back to where I was before, and now I'm getting into uncharted territory. We're like, I'm on my own now. Yeah. And I don't know what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> Right, because that's the the scary part sometimes about when uh, the initial goals you wrote down is like, oh, holy shit, I actually did check those boxes. Now mm, what? Be yeah. careful what you wish for. Yeah, All of them. it's a good place to be, right? No, uh, I said, this is the last one. Right. When I came to Vegas, I had a list of things. It was like, you want to you know, work in a casino. You want to uh, close out some show in Vegas. You want to you know, start featuring, start going yeah. on the road, start, start headlining. And it was like, do the Drunken Dallas podcast. <laughs> a lot of They're pressure being on a bucket list. I'm feeling it all. Right? So now we're like, yeah, because officially now we're uh, we 45 can, we minutes still from fuck now. fuck it up or, right now. Right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, until he's released. Well, we're almost there, right? It's like when uh, in... If, and less than an hour or an hour from now when we'll wrap up the episode, she'll officially put an X on that one and it's now he has to come I'd up with a new list. X. It hasn't been released. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. We wait that for the release. That missile is still coming. <laughs> it's still going to enough. can somehow. Yes, yes. <laughs> North Korea hasn't lifted its head recently, so. Yeah, yeah. Like so my, there's my friend uh, <laughs> Stephen Briggs was just on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. He was a guy standing in the elevator. But then it's just the elevator opens and he's standing there. Yeah. And then that's it. But then at the end of it, in the credits, it says, man sneezing in elevator. <laughs> and then I saw him and he's like, oh, there was a whole scene, which is him and Larry David in the elevator. But, oh, and they cut uh, it all? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot. There's a story about that, uh, that happened to Kevin Costner. Mm -hmm. Kevin Costner's first big movie role in Hollywood was The, the Big Chill. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah, was the yeah, guy yeah. that yeah. committed suicide. Yeah. And there was some some scenes with him in it. Right. And then the director decided it would be a more powerful movie if it just started at the funeral. And he's got cut to, it's just his hand in the, in the casket. Right. <laughs> it's like, hey, that was me. That hand is right. sticking out. And you don't see Kevin yeah. Costner again for several more years. That's funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's all exciting. I got 13 frames in The Last Castle. It's Gandolfini's photo double a million years ago. Really? Yeah. That's cool. 13 frames. Hey. <laughs> That's 13 more That's than I got. That's than 12. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's... Uh, what did I get? Did you I get got, to meet uh, James Gandolfini? He was gone. That's why I was there. Ah. Yeah. Colonel Winters. 
I got a glorious, uh, I think I counted <laughs> them in that Bruce, I am Bruce Lee documentary. I got like 52 seconds. Hey. Of, uh, I was like, I almost made it to a minute here. Now we're, we're doing well. <laughs> well. If you watch it, you know, one quarter slower. Exactly. that extra. It adds the, yeah, to 52 seconds. I think it was a two and a half hours interview. So it's like, okay, that's, uh, that works. That's something. But um, that's how it is. Not quite enough for your sad card, but yeah. you're getting there. Right. That was fun. But so with comedy, like, I mean, everybody's got sort of their niche in the game. What would you say is your gig? What would you say is what you go for the most? What do people kind of know you for? If they are to characterize you one way or another, what do you think would be the way to... I hate. I always hate having to define shit, but you know what I mean. It's like... I like to sneak attack people, like with... Like, uh, like, there's thought. there's messages in the comedy, uh-huh. but it's not like uh, beat them over the head with it, right? He's one yeah, of well, I've learned, evangelical comics. I've learned <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. all clean. I've learned the the trick is to make them like you. Once once the audience likes you, oh yeah, then you can you say can anything say you and want do whatever to. you want. Yeah. So it takes a long time to figure that out right just like when you first start you're like well i have all these things i want to say blah 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 you it's know? like no but first the they order, have to like the order yeah. of things yeah. that you the order that you do things in yeah is very important to are they going to receive this message or not yes because i can take the stuff that i have at the end and move it to the front oh and, and you'll I be a disaster shit. of course <laughs> yes 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 because you build the uh, that's one thing you that build you build a rapport with <clears throat> the audience yeah, you talk about things that like television, stupid things, or family things, relationship, or whatever the things yeah, that yeah, everybody yeah. can agree relate with. to, right? And then you can throw that in. Uh, well, what you, you just actually start turning say. it on them yeah. and start talking about heavier things, yeah. but they won't turn off because they like you already. I mean, it's so now they're like, well, I don't necessarily. Yeah, came here to hear this, but. I like this guy. Right. So let's hear what he has to say. You know, like I've learned that trick mm-hmm. um, more in my second incarnation. Um, it's key because, I mean, it's it works that way with everything, right? I don't like, write, I used to write a lot more topical things. Like uh-huh. I, would, I would just turn on the TV and sit there, and watch the news or watch, right. just watch TV and write in my yeah. notebook. But now I have much more um, material that will last. Yeah. You know, oh, the, the TV writes the jokes these days. Yes. So I, I cannot believe what I'm fucking seeing. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Every, single, every single day. 100%. 100%. Yeah, because that becomes, uh, I mean, it's that way with everything, right? Where con- you realize the content is almost secondary to everything else. Because if, if one person, say, message X, you would react and be like, fuck this guy. Another person say the exact same thing and you're like, oh, they are sweet and wonderful. I'm so glad they said that. Right? And it's like, or, yeah, either the, uh, not my thing, but whatever, I like him, or even exactly what you said. You even go like, oh, that's actually a good point. It's like, the other dude just said it, but you hate his guts. And he's like, and that's when you realize that actual content is secondary to a bunch of other things that happen in communication. Tone, well, it's like being a energy. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to make them like you yeah. and want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Like the, the greatest compliment I ever got was some guy in the middle of the country just came up to me and goes, you know what? I didn't agree with one thing you said, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, that's what it's all about. Right. <laughs> that's it's what like, counts. It's like, you know, 
if I made you think about something, then that's a bonus. Yeah. But like th- that's that's what I think a lot of comedians these days forget. Yeah. There's a lot of preaching going on in comedy now. Where it's not they're not even telling jokes. All right. It's like, dude, you're 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 not a preacher. Yeah. You're a comedian. Yeah. So like you can say whatever you want. The trick is. To make it funny. Yeah, exactly. Because if it's not funny, you're just preaching. Yeah, that's you know? where we got and a I problem. I have a problem with like even even some of Chappelle's latest work. Like mm-hmm. he's, and I will say he's one of the greatest comedians walking earth, and ha- has been for a long time. But his stuff he's doing now is, is it comedy? Right. You know what I mean? It's like now you're just taking yourself way seriously, and just like everybody just wants to hear what you think about everything. Well, then make a podcast, dude. Stop doing. Stand up. It's not stand up, you know. Yeah, which speaking of which, I think he was my very briefly my colleague in Luminary because I think they started doing a podcast with him and a couple of other guys. I don't know how much they released the episode or not. I think, but yeah, I was. I can say that officially, David Chappelle was my colleague for another few hours because my time with Luminary is coming to an end and by the way in case I haven't mentioned it I might as well throw it out there History on Fire will be back out there uh, on the free feeds everywhere the episodes I did with Luminary will be slowly coming out I think I got the first set the first season I can start releasing starting October of this year second season goes next June and third season a year later. So the oh, people have won. Yes. So <laughs> the folks were like, "Screw paywalls! I want the free stuff." It's probably gonna be happening soon. <laughs> so it would be nice, by the way. I'm gonna start up actually for us too. I'm gonna start up like a catch-all Patreon where I put anything in there. Uh, I'll put bonus content, both for History on Fire, for a bunch of other things. I'll put martial arts stuff. I'll put all sorts of things in there. You're finally going to release that collection of haikus I've been waiting for. Right. Or uh, (laughs) I knew it. My homemade porn. No, no Uh, homemade uh, porn. uh, There's been a lot of talk of that, too. No, so, you know, that's what's up. But yes, so long story. Sorry, I, I hijacked it into my own personal infomercial oh, here. But fine. yes, the. I'm no, I agree with you, man. It's like how it, how it is. That's one of the problems that I have with some comedians that I'm like, like, tell me again exactly how you're a comedian because I feel like some of these guys, I'm just like, uh, you're talking a lot of shit. None of it is even remotely funny, so I'm not sure. No, and granted, I mean. fun is a subjective thing, right? Sure. What one person uh, finds... But if it's fucking funny, it's funny. Right. Some, right. But exactly. that, that's the thing. Is like if, you, if 10% of the people listening think you're funny, it's like, maybe you're funny, maybe you just have some friends. <laughs> and, uh, well, this is the problem I have if, with a lot of right-wing humor. Like I have right wing friends. I don't, you know, I don't discriminate against people. If a guy's funny, he's funny. Right. But most right wing comics are like, uh, or they'll say just they're just dicks. Right. Yeah. They're like a trans woman, just a guy with a dick. Ha ha ha! Isn't that funny? Like, no, it's not. It's not a joke. <laughs> right. Like you're just being knock, a dick. Knock. Yeah. But you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. like children in cages. Ha ha ha! Exactly. That's oh, right wing yeah. humor nowadays. You know, and you're like you're just being an asshole. That's yeah. not really. I mean, like, and it, some people specialize in today's in culture. Well, I was going to say in today's culture, there's people that like that. I yeah. guess because they're like, I'm an asshole too, and this guy speaks for me. You know, like, but it, are you laughing? Yeah, like, yeah. You're yeah. not laughing. Right. It's more of a like a general. Let's get together this asshole club <laughs> and yeah. you know fart on each other they just don't have jokes that's yeah. what i'm saying like if you're a right-wing guy write a joke yeah if it's fu- if, if it's, it's funny, funny it's I'll funny laugh. of course you know, of course like, if, yeah but 
they just get up there and and just like I said, they just want to aren't liberals dicks? Ha ha ha. Well, which is kind of an easy. Oh, that's not funny. It's our a lot of stuff work these days, right? I mean, even like news, half of them are not really news. Journalists are half of them are not really journalists. There are people who are essentially just know that there's an audience that if you wave their flag. They yes. are all gonna jump and follow you and yes. say you're awesome, like the Laura Ingrams and the Sean exactly. Hannitys of the world. Doesn't mean that you are actually a journalist. Doesn't mean you're actually a comedian. Doesn't mean you're you're not informing as a journalist. You're not being funny as a comedian. You're not doing any of that. But you're waving the right flag, so you automatically will get enough of a crowd to get you going. Right. Which is that it's funny, especially for people who are all about the evils of identity politics and then thrive on what essentially is an identity politics. That's it's, all it is. It's pretty funny. It's a Culture works. War. Yeah. Like the culture war is fully flamed up right now. Yeah. 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 But I never understood any of it. Like I don't understand these people like like for instance the gay thing has come back around. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like I thought that I, was settled. I did too. And now it's coming back. And it's like, why do they still think that like you can talk someone into being something? Right. Like you're either born something or you're not. You never heard anybody go, Well, I never I never Oh, thought about blowing a guy, but I read this book and the description was so <laughs> yeah. intriguing. Right. You know, like, I thought, well, hell, I'm going to try, try that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty This has never happened in the history of the world, but yet you still have these people, same as you were just talking about the record thing. Yeah. Oh, they play these record, rock records backwards and there's secret Satan messages. Like, people believe that shit. Yeah, before we... Uh, it's be- insane. Before we turned the mics on, I was looking at this uh, thing about people who believe that stairway to heaven play backward contain all these uh, I love Satan kind of stuff (laughs) and it's and along with that so the enemies back then was was it early 80s or when was it the satanic panic 70s 70s, late 70s late 70s Ozzy late 70s early 80s it really heated up with uh, Al Gore's wife and then like the oh Oh, Tipper so Al Gore wants to be later you know you're never gonna get any trouble from someone named Tipper watch yourself (laughs) so she must have been even later you gotta watch out for (laughs) exactly so she must have been even going into the 90s some of that but like I guess yeah the satanic panic Dungeons and Dragons like the evils of Dungeons and Dragons that was all the uh, terrible moment 84 to 86 it was the worst I was born in 70 which seems to be awesome because the war was over and everything was cool but when it came time to be a teenager in 1984 just say no right the PMRC saying you can't have no rock and roll and AIDS AIDS. it fucked it all up sex drugs rock and roll you could wear a body condom and not even get it those beliefs got three kids in West Memphis locked up for life yeah, for some yeah. bullshit murder charge that they didn't have anything to do with is they, they liked heavy metal and wore black clothes Ooh. <laughs> satanic panic right yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying but they yeah. went to prison it's madness yeah, yeah, yeah and the thing you were saying earlier about the, how people roll with it and if they like you then they are like once you get them to like you then they kind of roll with everything yes I was even thinking about the Will Smith thing like people were all like Oh, you know, the guy laughed at the joke first, and then he turned to his wife, and then he decided to get all PC. I really think that with comedy, half of the art is getting the laughter going, because most of the time, people are so ready for the next laugh. They are waiting for a punchline. Half of the time, the message hasn't even sunk in, and they are already laughing because you built a rhythm, right? Yes. And in that case, I think, honestly, I don't think it even fully sunk in. He went like... 
Uh, oh, there's another punchline. Ha ha. Oh, wait, we were the butt of the punchline. Oh, shit, I didn't like it. Jade is uh, mad. And then, uh, and then when it kicks in. And uh, speaking of which, do tell, like, that's kind of the, has been uh, in the news forever because of the whole Oscar thing. What's your take? Because there's clearly... I mean, if we want to be generous and you want to kind of present both sides evenly, you have on one side the argument that say, hey, man, people are comedians. Their job is to say outlandish shit. If you get mad to the point where you have to go smack somebody on stage, maybe you got some other issues that, you know, no, you really shouldn't be doing that. How can there be another side to that? Well, I think the other side is we live in a culture, particularly because of online communication, where people are so comfortable talking massive shit with no repercussions. Did you see the uh, the video of Mike Tyson? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. my thought of that video was, yeah. I, it says Mike Tyson punches a guy. Yeah. And I clicked it and I watched it. I'm watching this video. It's felt like two fucking minutes. Yeah, yeah. This guy's still talking. And yeah. he's, he's still sitting in his seat. Yeah, and this guy was still talking. Yeah. Not, I was like, I want to punch this guy. I know. I <laughs> like, know. Like, I, I yeah. would have already gotten up. I was like, yeah. if anything, this is a testament to Mike Tyson's patience. <laughs> yeah, I <Yeah>, thought <laughs> that he sat there for three fucking minutes and let this guy run his mouth before he punched him in the right. face. Right. Like, you're gonna regret this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Tyson was actually the guy. He had a line that was very. I forget the exact quote, but it's a meme about uh, people getting way too comfortable talking shit because they don't get punched in the mouth enough. Well, that was my point, was the guy just wouldn't shut up. I know. At a certain point, you're like, okay, he let him, you think that he's sitting there letting him, he's going to run out of air, you know. And I mean, one minute goes by, two minutes goes by, three minutes goes by. He's still talking. He should have been Then he just stood up. (laughs) <laughs> it's like well I wanted to punch him a minute ago yeah and I mean and of course that's different because that's like some guy harassing you when you're on a plane versus a comedy show sure I like how people acted like that's the first time that's ever happened right because <laughs> uh, he's like I was like we're going places tonight where there ain't no fucking bouncers right <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean you do yeah. shows I do shows I've done shows all over the country in VFW halls moose lodges bars you know, casino, any kind of thing. But most of those places, they don't have any bouncer. You have to control the room as part of the art of being a comedian is controlling the room. Right. Have you seen some really weird shit go down in those you places? You probably sure got knocked out. Really? At a real comedy club. It's in the video. Wow. It's like 2016. Some guy, yeah, same thing. He said something to somebody in the audience and they didn't like it. They got up on the stage. And knocked like, them out. Paul's like, hey, buddy, buddy. And the guy just punched him in the face. Damn. Just because it happened on live television. Right. You want to know my real take of the mm-hmm. whole thing? If you've been in the entertainment business, yeah. this is live television. As soon as he got out of his chair, there's no turning back. Right. You got to do something. Yeah. Whoa. Right? Yeah. Even if he thought half a second into it, wait, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, he can't just turn around and go back to his fucking chair. This is live television. So yeah, now yeah. his brain is... And you go, well, what does he do? Then the people are like, why didn't he punch him? Why did he slap him? Well, it's live TV. You going to knock him out? Yeah, yeah, right. You're going to knock him out and then turn around and go, and the, the uh, nominees for best documentary are... <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> he's laying on the floor. So yeah. he's like, I can't knock him out. So he slapped him. Yeah. And he walked back to his chair. Right. But it was like, once he got up, he was committed yeah, of to course. doing something. Of course. Like, you can't, it's live TV. Yeah. And it's not, you know, the feed is on. 
It's worldwide live television. If he turns around and goes back, does nothing. No, of well, course. Everybody's going to talk it shit about weird. that. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. He put himself in a spot where there's, you know, once he was there, it's like you're there. Yeah, there's no good there's, comes yeah. out of it. Always impressive to see one wreck their 30 year career in 10 seconds, though. Yeah. Right? It's that's pretty impressive. Right. Well, he spent also, his whole life trying to be the nicest guy. Yep. And had a devil for a wife. And I said it. Yep. Yep. And got what he paid for. Well, yep. you can see that too. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's people wanted to simplify the thing down to, you know, he said something, he slapped him. I don't think that at all. There's oh, no. many layers to this whole situation. The, going, the, the like, true Zabruder film would be. Right. If that camera not cut away from when he's laughing to what Jada did, she she gave him the she secret. gave him the evil she gave him right. the secret nod, right. and then yeah. he was like, "Oh shit, I got to take care of this if I don't do something." He'd been in trouble for twenty years. Well, either way, he's like, "I don't want to be in trouble again." Uh, yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> or however she controls him, she yeah. obviously, you know, just I'll go fuck somebody else. That's a fucking up situation. Well, that's the other part yeah. of it. It's like, it's like, first of all, I have a problem with them saying that they have a problem with people fucking talking shit about them. Well, I got an easy solution to that problem. Don't go on live television and air your fucking dirty laundry all over the place. Like, yeah. You think that you could do that interview and turn around and no one's going to talk about or this? Talk shit. Yeah, of course. Like, oh, you fucked your son's yeah, friend yeah. and you fucked, yeah. you know, and who knows if she even fucked Chris Rock? No one knows, but right. I'm saying she could have. Be quite an entanglement. Yeah. I'm just saying. That could have been another layer to it that he, why has he slapped Chris Rock in the face? Well, sure. Because my wife was in his mouth. Well, she was banging a bunch of dudes in Hollywood. Like, how do you know it wasn't, you know? Yeah. They had yeah, an open yeah. relationship. Now, he claims that they had an open relationship, but he's not jealous about it. But obviously, he has some kind of feeling. Or he wouldn't be slapping people in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say open relationship? Yes. Because <laughs> nothing makes me want. Anyway, we'll just leave that there. That's a tricky one because it's. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. When the first, uh, when initially the whole Chris Rock thing happened, my first reaction was like, I mean, I don't think it's a good idea to go up and slap the guy, but I've always been like, in my world, words have consequences. Like when people are like, it's just words. I'm like, ah, it's just words until the guy you're talking to has a reaction to it. And uh, you can say, hey, but it's the wrong reaction. Well, still, the point is, People, st I don't know, to me it's like if you grow up in certain environments and you're used to the fact that if you talk shit, somebody's going to break a beer bottle and cut your throat with it. Doesn't mean they are right, but you probably, I, and again, you still have the choice to talk shit. Right, but you live under the parameters of the world that you're in. Right, there are, <laughs> there's the post, so you read the room and decide do I want to go there or not. You know, or you, you're going to get people who get really pissed off with you if you say something and you still have a choice whether you want to do that or not. So part of me was very much like, yeah, that's not a great idea, but I get it. You know, it's kind of how it is. You know, you learn how to read the room and go accordingly. Then there's the other part that also say, Jesus Christ, the job of a... Granted, I think that the job of a comedian is primarily to be funny. And the whole thing, which is what you are hinting at, where a lot of comedy has gone is that is talking shit about people is being funny. I'm like, I'm not so cool. There's a way to do it. There's a way to talk massive right, like shit and Don still Rickles be funny. Right, people all day. And like the way he did it was like, he wasn't like pulling your fucking throat out. Right. You know, like it's, it's good natured insulting. You yeah. Know, or whatever. Like, and it's Knucklehead. funny. Right, but there's a way to do that's an art, right? No, that's what to I'm saying. It's like, not uh, like, oh, 
look at your bald ass girlfriend. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's something to that where I feel that sometime in comedy in it has passed this tendency that just talking shit for the sake of talking shit is free speech and is humor. And I'm like, uh, all that came unglued back in the early YouTube days yeah. when they did not have to sign their name to the shit there. I know that the uh, sort of millennials lost their minds when they had to identify themselves right? from their shit. What do you mean I can't right. namelessly? What troll? do you mean I can't yeah. just talk right. shit about anybody and right. not yeah. put my name on it? Right. Well, right. welcome. That was well, like. It's the same argument that, that these people have uh, about social media in general. Like, we, what people don't understand is all these people, even Musk, is like, yeah. the free speech, it's all free speech. Like, free speech is not, your Facebook page is not in the Bill of Fucking Rights. You sign an agreement when you join these, I'm banned for life. I know. You know <laughs> I know. I'm shocked. I'm banned from Facebook for life. <laughs> What'd you, you do know? to poor Zuckerberg? Well, it's, it's, <laughs> we only have an hour podcast. Oh, you know, no, but here's like, the deal. He, no, here's how it happened. Really happened. And you know this to be a, yeah. a fact. I used to go and find the, the most terrible alt right Nazi fucking dungeons I could find and roast them and just set them on fire. Like I just troll the fuck out of these people until they, they get pissed off. But they would report me to Facebook. And you know, Facebook has these rules now. Like even if. If you're a white person and you say cracker or white right. trash, or, yeah. they say, they say that's racist. Right. And they and they and no, I know. Then eventually, I got banned for life for things like that. For calling crackers crackers. Yes, basically, yeah. Damn. <laughs> wow. I'm in more trouble than I thought. No, I mean, well, it, what happened was I made so many people hate me that they started they started reporting, reporting you left and right, and yeah. they started coming to my regular page and like commenting and, yeah. and starting shit and then so that they could report me there too and then I just got so many reports and was in Facebook jail so many times that eventually they were just like they just deleted my account wow a life sentence with no help of parole which I no. mean it's one of the things where it's like it's bullshit but you know that that's the deal you sign up for that's well, exactly somebody was saying I was like I never complained once about the fact that they banned me for life right because I complained about the process. Yeah. Because there's no, first of all, there's no people that you can talk to. Facebook sure. has no like customer service line. Or, of course. Or any, they say, oh, message the help center, but you don't get anything. No. Like when I got banned, they said in 30 days, you're going to deactivate your account. And then there was a thing that said, you can file an appeal yeah. to this. And I, then 30 days, whatever. And I clicked it and I waited 30 days. I never got an email from anybody or nothing. 30 days. Phew, no, so I'm sorry, sir. The AI has decided yes, that you are not. But that's my problem: is it's not human beings making these decisions. There's an AI that flags words, and they don't look at the context of what you said. They just say you said this word. Yeah, clack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty days. Yeah, like yeah, but you didn't read the sentence. You didn't. You know. You, it's a joke yeah, or there are, whatever. There are people who got uh, banned at least temporarily for putting World War II pictures of Hitler or yes. something because it's like, it's Nazi propaganda. It's like, no, the whole post is critical of, but it didn't matter. No, it was just I mean. the AI picks it up yes. and it's like... It's a picture of Hitler. So, that means that you support Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it says right here that right. they think he's a dick. Like, <laughs> they don't care about that. That's yeah. pretty fascinating that the backward mass records were such a big deal, but spewing lies and saying whatever you want to... The AI will allow that all it likes. All day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As long as you don't Almost use, like it wants to stir it up. As long as you don't use up. the yeah. flagged words. Yeah. White trash, cracker. It's all lumped in the same. Right. Yeah. So if I if I say <laughs> cracker, it's just like I, if I said the N-word to them. Yeah. 
you know, it's the same. Even though I'm a white guy, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about white people. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's it's in the book of racist language, of course, and it just flags you and bans you. Cracker and there's not a cracker. human being involved in these decisions. That's that's my problem. Or I mean, even like uh, holy shit, Facebook in that regard is so. Like, yeah, for Catholic speech, it's like if you show an, a female nipple on Facebook, you're out immediately. It's just like the end of the world has come because you showed a female nipple. It's like, so of course, do I think those rules are great? No, they are bullshit. But at the same time, it's like, I cannot then do it and be surprised and complain when they come after me. It's like, well, it's kind of what you signed up for. You know what I mean? Comedy well, is different I mean. because I understand that it's somebody's job to go out and do something and they should feel reasonably protected and nobody's gonna come out and punch them because they didn't like a joke and somebody should probably mellow out if you get so pissed off over a joke that you want to go punch somebody but at the same time it's within a realm of possibilities if you talk shit some people may forget that they are a comedy club some people may forget that it's uh, oh it's his job to be funny and he well, missed the boat drunks there's it. all kinds of factors it's like yeah. drunks yeah <laughs> what I'm saying if somebody's yeah. really drunk he, he might react right. in a way that he wouldn't if he was sober yeah. that's why I used to hate Clubs that had three shows on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Oh. They have a midnight show. Oh, and you could just see that crowd lining up at the fucking gate. And you're like, this is going to suck. <laughs> they've been pre-gaming. You know, they've they done had dinner. For a day. Yeah. Fucking drinks. Yeah. yeah. They've been all day. They're coming at midnight to the show. They're already wasted. Of course. <laughs> you're like, you want to cut them off before they're even inside. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. You don't need any more beer. Well, aren't you just there to sell drinks anyway? No, well, that's the Sadly, the comedy clubs, they don't, yeah. they don't care. They, they don't they, care. They just push us up there. I mean, it, but you have Good to luck, learn buddy. to navigate that stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is like it, if you're, I don't think that, like I was saying earlier, like there's all these people who are uh, failed celebrities or they're on their, their decline or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, here's an easy way for me to revive my career. I'll do stand-up comedy. And you're like, it's not that easy. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And like you... You can easily get punched in the face. Of course. Like, if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, it's, like, uh, so I don't feel sorry for these people. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's an, it's the most disrespected art form there is in, in that fact that, I guess, like I said, because people see a guy holding a microphone, standing on stage, and they think, well, that looks easy. Well, it looks easy. I but guess it's not easy. Like, no, totally. <laughs> and I guess, though, it would be a good idea if you feel that... I mean, it goes on multiple directions, right? It would be a good idea for comedians to actually be funny and not think that talking shit is the equivalent of being funny. It would be a good idea for people going to a comedy show to understand that you're signing up for the fact that people can tear you apart on stage and roast you, and that's part of the what you signed up for, so don't suddenly flip out and be no, all don't sit about close it. to the stage unless yeah. you're expecting to get splattered exactly totally you would be so there are you know there are multiple ways to look at it and they all make sense in their own way but it's uh yeah man it's a it's a trippy thing because uh knowing how to play a crowd knowing it and it's difficult because it's one thing if you know people if you see who's in front of you, it's it's a whole other thing when you're a comedian and you go in front of a crowd where you don't know anybody imagine, there. Imagine for one second that you're Lenny Bruce in mm-hmm. 1954. Yep. And he, the things that he was saying. Oh, yeah. You don't think that pissed off people? Yep. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't think of people course. got angry? You of know, course. Or people were like, what are you talking about, the Catholic Church? Yeah. <laughs> right. But he still did it. Yep, yep, like, yep. Yeah, and exactly, that's the other thing. Is like, you know that there's a price to pay for yeah. pushing there, and you decide it's totally fine to pay it. But again, probably 
having the guarantee of bouncers preventing you from assault would be a good start. But uh, Apparently that's not available. I, I think the Oscars is slightly tricky because you're not really showing up for a comedy show. You're showing up to get your award or to be nominated or something, and there's a comedy show in the process. So I think it's the price that, you know, you are making $3 zillion if you're in there, so you probably, that's the price to pay. It's like if they want to roast you, they will roast you, and you have to deal with it. But I don't know, it's interesting to me. It's interesting because I don't have a hardcore position either way. I mean, at the end of the day, I only care to a point, but it's interesting the, to look at the dynamics behind it. I'm just I glad Chris's more... implant didn't get broken because that would have been upsetting. It was <laughs> I was more uh, disappointed that, like, again, one of the greatest comedians of our generation is saying something that you would hear at a fucking open mic. Right. Like, like that's not even a good joke. Right, right, it's right, like, right. Dude, that that's what I found more yeah. like, like why is he saying that? and probably yeah. had 10 writers back there with a whole book of things to pick from as he went out right yeah I'm saying why that just you know? yeah when for a 25 year movie yeah. reference that no one's even fucking seen yeah you know? <laughs> he, he knew he was who she he was kicking her in the nuts no, that's what I'm saying so, yeah. it was a personal it was, shot was a personal shot that's what I mean it's like there's many layers to yeah. it and besides just oh he said something he sure. didn't like it sure like like there's many layers under the surface to right. that story yeah and like i said i think that it's a mistake to try to boil it down to like i said he's not the first comedian to ever be assaulted in a, in a sure. comedy uh and he won't be the last right i promise yeah 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 you know, most of the time you don't hear about it because i said it's in some fucking cow town po podunk place <laughs> where there ain't no fucking bouncers of course you know. And some drunken redneck gets it fucking, you know, you said something about Trump and he gets all mad, you know, or whatever. And, and Well, that seems that would happen every night. So they, they I know that happened to me one time, only once. Only it, once? It, some guy, like, threatened to, like, he wanted to beat me up because he was in the military and I was talking shit about George Bush or some shit. Oh, my God. And this is way and back in his... His commander right. and right. chief. Right, exactly. But, but and I was like, well, don't you fight so I can say these things. Right, like, <laughs> he loved that. You don't have to fucking agree, you know. Yeah. Like, that's freedom of speech. That's why I said oh. somebody they were they they were trying to argue about that, and I was like, you don't hear me complaining about getting banned for life sure. for Facebook. I complained about the process. I didn't blame. I'm like, I'm still performing on stages. That's freedom of speech. Right. When someone comes and tells me I can't go on stage and say these things, now there's a fucking problem. Sure. Oh, no. But somebody's like, oh, you 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 can't say this on Twitter. Well, they own Twitter. Yeah. It's the same as the movie theater thing. Like, you can't go into movies and yell fire. Right. You know, that's not a violation of your freedom of speech. That's like common sense, ridiculous bullshit that you shouldn't be able to get away with. How much, uh, considering that, yeah, the part of the reason why you got banned from Facebook was uh, getting into the whole political hot button issues of the day and going, how much does that show up in your comedy? How much, how do people respond how like how much do you play how, how much do you delve into the political territory and how do people respond i try to stick to uh more culturally okay. talking about the culture of america yeah more than like specifics right of, more than right. like i'm a liberal i'm a, right like i was in seattle i swear to god and this woman said i told you that this woman said i wasn't liberal enough right <laughs> I said, it's like, that's how you lost Joe Rogan. Right. <laughs> of course. It's like, you know, hey, you know, 
I'm from Kentucky. I got guns. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not against guns. I don't think they should be so easy to get. I don't think you need a gun right this second. Right. If you come in somewhere and you go, I need a gun right this second, I'm like, oh, that's a little suspect. Yeah. Me. Why can't you wait five days? Yeah. Because I need you're it now. Gonna, right. Well, you're still going to get your gun. Well, no, but then, why are they against everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that makes total sense to say, oh, you just got to wait five days. Maybe if you're mad at somebody five days from now, you won't want to fucking shoot him in the face. (laughs) If I give you this gun right now and you walk out, you're going to go shoot your friend in the face. Yeah, (laughs) We've actually crossed an awesome line. More children die of gunshot wounds than traffic accidents for the first time ever now. Really? Bless the arm? USA! USA! Jesus. I just don't understand. And it's gotten so bad that, like, if you look at the Twitter, like, using Twitter, like, you were talking about Marge, those people like Marge... She don't even wait for the bodies to get cold before she runs to the fucking Twitter and starts talking about her Second Amendment, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, can't you, like, at least have some respect for fucking, you know, one day, one let, day. It, let it roll, you know, and then we can talk about this tomorrow. But no, they want to do it right then. Well, when the bodies are still let, that New York shooting happened. She was on the Twitter five fucking minutes later. Right. And you're like, dude, it's almost like you become an inhuman piece of shit. Oh, yeah, like, well, <laughs> that's you don't suddenly become that. No, but she's, well, she's such a uh, Christian, you know. There's where the real twist is. No, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, like they're, they're, the, these are the Christians that massacre people and build a, a museum to go look at this beautiful culture that we just destroyed. <laughs> and that's where, to me, it's uh, it gets tricky because uh, that's why, in fact, to me, labels don't mean shit. Because it's like I was talking to a dude here in Hawaii, Christian. And his Christianity is pretty much liberation theology, uh, feed the poor, and not a whole lot else. It's just very, very... Socialist. Take 100%, right? Yeah. So it's like, See, well, if that's the way they all were, we would have an incredible planet here. And that dude yeah. is not like a little Christian. He's super hardcore. To him, he's like, that's the focus of his life, but it means the message that he gets from the Bible, from the whole Jesus thing, is a very take care of people who are suffering all the time. And that's what you do. You get money, you give it away. You get money. And so, so that's one interpretation, right? And yeah. so, Joel so you're Orstein like, is not going to approve of that. That's right, yeah, what I mean. Right. And but somehow, like under the label Christian, there's going to be that guy, yep. and there's going to be Joel Olstein, you know. And right. you're or like, and then there's going to be or white Green, yeah, like supremacist dominionists exactly. who think until we erase everybody and get this Christian country back on its feet, right. Yeah, and that's why, to me, like, in fact, it's always a tricky business to, um, to, because, you know, we use certain words because they help us generalize a little. So we don't have to talk just about this one case, this one person, this one time. You want to make a more general point. But half of the time, the words are way more ambiguous because there are so many things that fit under that one word. Is it Christian you say, sir? We have 97 different varieties. That's another part of comedy that people don't understand. One fucking word. Mm -hmm. One word. Especially in today's culture. There's all these trigger words. Of course. That people hear these words and they just freak out. Of course. Crackers. Or whatever. I used to have this joke. You know, you ever notice that homosexuality in this country is only frowned upon if men are involved, right? Two drunk chicks start making out, everybody turns, oh, look at right. that. That's fucking hot right there. You know, like a two drunk dudes start making out, the fucking jukebox will stop. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, look at them faggots back there. Well, right. I used to say that. 
can't but say that. But a couple times, people started freaking out. They were like, well, you don't hear what I'm saying is actually a positive thing. Right. But they only hear that word. Yeah. So they tuned out all the other words around it. Yeah, yeah. So then I change it to fairies, and no one fucking cares. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. Because that like, word is on the ban list. Yeah. You know yeah, yeah it is. And they, they fucking get triggered. I mean, there are people who got pissed off if you quote a historical piece of whatever. Like, if I quote something from the 1800s with some of the most vile racist language ever, yeah. I'm still just quoting. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like the whole point of the quote is to actually drive home how awful and insane it is. Exactly. But if you use the certain words, how dare you? It's like, I'm not even saying it. I'm quoting somebody exactly. to show how shitty that was. Yes. But no, you can. It, that just where it gets a little weird. It's like the Rogan thing. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Rogan was saying something that obviously, I mean, not to defend him or, or right. anything. I'm just saying. But in that particular instance, you you said that too. He he was just saying something that had the word in it right. or whatever. And they were like, people were like, oh, look, he used this word. Well, he wasn't really being racist. Right, right, right. He's having a conversation, you know, like, and, and, and quoting something or whatever. Yeah. But people are like, oh, he's a white supremacist. Like, oh, but, but he's not. Right. You know? Yeah, that's where it gets a little uh, weird on language. Like or... I said, people have these trigger words now. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I'd never forget showing my kids Eddie Murphy raw. Yeah. You just oh, yeah. thought their heads were going to pop apart. Like, how can he say Dude, that? Show, so, show him the red leather one. Yeah, that's it's exactly. even worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I showed, uh, I showed to Isabella. Um, he did the, and the whole so Ralph Gramden and exactly. Ralph Norton. Hey, Norton. Norton. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, you couldn't get away with that now. No. People would have can't shit can. I mean, even it was funny. I We watched uh, <laughs> we watched the first Borat and uh, and this was so... On one end, she was laughing her ass off. On the other end, her eyes were popping out of her skull because it was so over-the-top, yeah. incorrect in every conceivable way, anti-women, anti yeah. But it's hilarious because he's obviously making that into a parody and saying that, you know, he's not endorsing it, of course. He's actually doing the opposite. But he does it in a way that... Yeah, we are in a different cultural context where I could see he's struggling with it because on one end she thought he was funny, on the other end she was like, oh, how did he say that? And how Borat, can I laugh at Borat it? started on the Ali G show. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, was a, there was a sketch where he's in the South drinking yeah. wine with these old guys. Right. And the black guy comes in and he's like, here's your slave. <laughs> and then the white guy's like, no, uh, we're not allowed to have, have slaves anymore. Uh, and then he's like... Uh, Oh, but but it would be better than he's like. Right. Yeah, I guess it would be. You know, Whoa. <laughs> like he yeah. gets them to admit things. Oh yeah, 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 totally, totally. The stuff he, he does, gets them to say things that they that they would normally they would be, never say yes, otherwise. Like, yeah, they're like oh, he gets them to slip up. That's just yep. like and they, to reveal their true feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why people don't like it. Just like, yeah, <laughs> it's funny though. Like he's actually no, funny. Brilliant. It's uh, the same thing. He almost got when when he did that rodeo thing. They had oh. to take him out of security. Oh, the, oh, <laughs> my favorite one. He, when he really almost got killed. To was the rodeo and yeah, sings the anthem. That one was bad. And then there was another one was even more dangerous where people are throwing chairs. When he did the uh, In Bruno, 
he did. It's a fantastic setup. So in Bruno, he played this character at one point. I guess he must have gone on the radio enough time to get a little bit of a local following playing this character where he was like the most straight man ever. I'm so straight that the first thing I do when I rent a new home is I block the back door because, you know, he goes into this whole thing and it's like, he goes into this whole thing, right, where he's like the straightest of the straight. And at one point, like, he's had these uh, MMA matches happening and so on and he goes on stage and everybody's cheering all uh, oh my god and then somebody yell at him and uh, forget what they say they say something and it's a plant in the audience and he's like who said that and he's like i'm gonna kick your ass right now come into the cage right now and the people are losing their shit like yes go 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 so they start this mma fight <laughs> And before you know it, you know, they slug each other a couple of times and then uh, Sasha Baron Cohen pincing <laughs> against the cage. Nice. And you see, like, one of the they pat on the guys in the audience. Most people have no clue. And then there's one guy that sees it. He goes like, oh, shit. And the next thing is they start making out yeah. and taking each other's clothes off and doing all sort of, like, really over the top. Like, he looks full on, right? <laughs> And the people in the audience lose their shit, right? They start throwing... Luckily, they had locked up the cage really tight, put in a really high, but you still get beer bottles flying all over the cage, chairs thrown. There's one guy who's trying to storm the cage, and they want to kill him. They flat out want to kill him. They don't want to kill him. They want to join in. <laughs> well, this is my moment. I knew it. Get in the big gay pile. <laughs> and in fact, they had to sneak him through the bottle. Them. They had, he had a whole security ready and, and rolled he, him out. And even then, they were like, "Shit, this was more than we expected." Right? You know, that was uh, where well, he definitely likes to toe the line. He oh, does. Yeah. That second Borat movie is one of the few sequels to ever get a best script nomination. I think The Godfather is the only other one. Yeah, where a sequel. Because that second one right. was outstanding, too. You know, I haven't seen the second one yet. I oh, need to watch right. it. It's funny. Because yeah. it starts in the very beginning, and he's like, he's going to America again. And then he goes, and he's like, I realize I cannot be Borat because I'm a famous. Right. <laughs> he didn't walk down the street. Everybody recognized him. Of course. Him. So then he has to disguise Borat in disguise. That's funny. <laughs> That's no, hilarious. He's in double layer disguises. He's yeah. like Borat with overalls and a fucking like farmer hat on. <laughs> I heard something about he gets really sad when his daughter tells him that the Holocaust wasn't real, and I'm like, how do you make that joke? Well, that's and just not the edge of it. He's got to keep his daughter in a cage the whole time. Jesus. So he goes in the U.S. like, I need cage for daughter. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we may give her some hay to sleep on. That's all she deserves. I mean, it is. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That's. Uh, oh yeah. That's. Um, where do you see the business going? Like, because this is kind of where it's happening. Like, on one end, we got this very extreme thing. Because on one end, you got this shit. You got. Uh, free speech absolutist I'm just gonna say nothing even remotely funny talk mad shit and everybody's supposed to appreciate me because I'm a comedian where it's like eh, right. no you're not or you get the you could be making the funniest damn joke but because you are using the wrong word oh my god how dare you this is terrible and it's right. like no I'm actually agreeing with you I'm trying to show out the power it's like no no it's you're evil because you use the wrong word see there are these positions that are pretty much batshit crazy at one end of the deal at the other end of the deal 
How do you navigate that space? How do you, where do you see it going? Do you think it's kind of inevitable that this is where it's going to keep going progressively more and more polarized? What? I can think, it be more polarized? I, I think don't there's know. several factors in play. Do tell. I think that like, um, if you look at the business of itself, like what's, what's making it to television and mm-hmm. shit now, it seems to me like they have, like Netflix especially, let's use them as an example, have taken these talented people like Rogan and Chappelle and say, basically, okay, we're going to give you the keys to yeah. stand up comedy. Right. Then you bring us these people and we'll put them on. Okay. So now you got to have, you got to know them. Somehow, sharp, or you, sharp. you know, you got to get in the thing. So yeah. there's a lot of people that are outside of that bubble who are just desperately trying to be noticed, seen. So that causes people to push. Yeah. You know, more yeah, and more. Yeah. I mean, like, well, I have to do something outrageous for people to notice. Me. Right. You know, and 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 so they're going down one way or the other. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, right. Right. Okay, right. Well, I'm going to say extreme shit. Sharp. And piss people off, and yeah. not, maybe not be as funny, but I'm pushing buttons, and people are going to talk about what. Right. I'm saying, you know, and then it's the the other people <laughs> who are like. I'm so terrified of being called out and canceled yeah. that I'm just going to do a safe cruise ship comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not touch on anything, you know, that might might offend anyone or right. anybody. You know, and the the truth is, like I said earlier, you could fucking say whatever you want if you're funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. If you're a good writer and you can make it, you can write your yeah. points... And make them funny. You can get away with saying whatever you want. I say all kinds of shit that I think people. Some people, I can't believe you. Right. You know, can't believe you said it. Right. I mean, yeah. I always said I was bit about racism, but I'm I'm not going to do it. But I'm saying when I do it, when I do it, I'll I'll say like, you know, like racism is a problem in this country. Well, why is that? Why is that? It's like because we're not allowed to talk about this shit. That's mm-hmm. why when you start to talk about it, it gets real fucking weird. Yeah. Like now. <laughs> It's like they're all like, what's he going to say? Of course. <laughs> as long as he doesn't say anything right. gay, it'll no, be fine. You know fine. what I'm saying? Well, that's yeah. after I do the gay shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's got to be but working well in Florida these days. People, well, I'm going there in June. And I'm, I, tell, I was like, you can come see me in Sarasota, Florida. Well, I'll be saying gay way more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, even that stuff. Everybody has, no matter what they want to say, everybody has a gay relative, mm-hmm. a gay friend, something. Like, no matter what. Sure. So, even though you don't think that this is relatable, it is relatable. Right. And I and I use that, because my uncle's gay, so I just use that. Right. I talk about stuff about gay people, and then I say, you know, hey, mom, gay. We wouldn't let him come to Thanksgiving. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying. No, and to tell you the truth, he was. Like right. for a long time, he moved to California, and no one ever saw him. He well, he didn't come to the fucking family, you know. My cousin married a black man. Ooh, she was banned from life. I mean, for the family, almost a decade, probably. Wow. Before they finally came around and realized, oh, he's an all right dude. Yeah, I'm sure he's great. <laughs> and then he was welcome. He was at the thing. He folded up the. He was in the military. He folded up my grandfather's flag. military flag when he passed away. Right. They let the black guy do it. Who they had banned from the family. But that's what I'm saying is once you get past these stupid yep. prejudices that, that once you have a real life situation, mm-hmm. you realize yep. 
that your prejudices were fucking stupid. It's bullshit, right? Like I was watching this movie, uh, Ken Ken Burns' movie on Benjamin Franklin. Uh-huh. It just came out, and they said in the Benjamin Franklin that he was prejudiced his whole life, and when he was older, his wife made him go to this school. They built his wife made him build a school where they educated black children, and then she made him go to the black children, and he wrote in his book or whatever he's like I, I think I was wrong about this <laughs> <laughs> right. basically yeah. he's like well they don't seem any different than anybody you know right. they just they, they pick up things just as fast they're just as he's like perhaps I was wrong about this perhaps you know, wow. he's like, but I'm not gonna apologize for my prejudices or whatever in the yeah. past cause this is the way I was but he's like I'm, I'm pretty sure I was wrong right <laughs> well I think we reached a point where this idea of doing exchange programs around the world we don't need that anymore we need to take those kids from Lexington and take them out to L.A. for six weeks. Right. And let Skeeter and Bubba meet Consuela and her friends. Exactly. It will change. They'll go back and tell their granddaddy he can go fuck himself. Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. It's it's that easy. Travel would fix everything. The only way that they keep people like this is where they keep them in these little bubbles. (laughs) Yeah. That's why the churches and things, they they try to keep them all. It's all little groups. Why You can only go to church camp, and you can only go to this, and you can only go to this activity that's sanctioned by the church, because if they get outside of that, yeah, they're going to they find out. Hey, wait a minute. Like That Led Zeppelin music, pretty good. Right, exactly. Like, I'll, tell you a, lying to me. <laughs> I'll tell you a travel <laughs> story that people. killed it for me because that's kind of my line, right? You know, you travel, you experience the world, you see things. Yep. And, and it doesn't even have to be traveled that far sometimes. Just even if you don't have the money, you can travel even on a smaller, somewhat more local level. It can still... So check this out. I ran into these people and uh, I forget how we start talking, but basically it's like, oh, I guess because I have a tiny bit of an accent, so they start asking what? where it's from and all of that. And I'm like, oh, Italy. They sound like we, a Borat. <laughs> we just went to Italy. Fantastic, wonderful, great. Except the food. What? And I was like, really? Because people usually actually, one of the six they like is the food. And it's Too like- Too much cheese. No, they were like, no, there was, uh, there was no variety. I'm like, there's no variety. And, uh, and, and here is how it goes. Like- you know, there was only, we could only find McDonald's. There was no Jack in the Box. There was no Burger King. There was no. So they went all the way to Europe for American food. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. You didn't think about some spaghetti or like. I'm like, serious. Maybe some pasta. Maybe that's, that's where you some are Italian bad about because there was no Jack in the Box. <laughs> See, once again, I, I, my plan was nice with the exchange program. We are going to have to have a final solution. No, there's a, he, that fucking stupid. We had that conversation once, I think, and I was asking you, like, what it was like, whatever, and you were like, the average European's pretty fucking stupid, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's the. He's like, oh, can I move over there and be better? He's like, oh, well, it's, it's not that much. It's the George Carlin thing, it's right? He's like, kind of stupid, but they're ma- still fucking stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine what the average person is and right. then think that 50% are... Dumber yeah. than that motherfucker. Yep. Yeah. But see, that's what I was... When you asked me, like, I don't... That's what I was saying. It's like, I don't really try to uh, do politics, politics. Because yeah. No, it's a good once idea. Once you do that, you, yeah. divi- you divide the audience. Totally, totally. So it's better to talk generally about general cultural issues. Sure. You know, and like... I'll give my liberal point of view or whatever, but I don't have to say. Sure, like, sure, this sure. Is a liberal point of view. Right. <laughs> or peak you know, or whatever it is that you like, and I'll talk shit about well, I don't it. Think, to I don't buy into that, labels either. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, that's why people um, 
I'm a pretty liberal guy who was born and raised in Kentucky. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm very familiar with that world. And I'm very, like, I always tell people, I was born in Kentucky. They give you a birth certificate, a Bible, and a 22 rifle <laughs> when you're born. And they say, if you haven't shot a squirrel by the age of five, you might revoke your citizenship. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, right? <laughs> but I'm saying, even coming from that world, it's still like, you guys are crazy. Like, yeah. You shouldn't be able to just walk into a store, buy a gun, walk out. Why? Why? Why would you? Why would you be against that? It's not infringing upon your right to own a gun to say you have to wait five days or whatever. Yeah, tyranny. You, know, or you have to go through a background check to make sure you're not fucking insane of before course. we give you this gun. You know, like, oh no, yeah, exactly. That's a tyranny. And <laughs> Hitler comes after that. We all know. <laughs> wow. You know, it's like no, that's not necessarily how it works. You know, it's like, but. They're so dug in and entrenched in these positions that you can't even have logical conversations with some of these people. They're fanatics. That's why, in fact, uh, I guess what you said, right? Being funny is the antidote to you can't have a conversation, but you can still find a way to make somebody laugh. Yeah. And that's, and that's the best that you're going to get. That's as good as it's going to be. You're not going to... Well, that's why I say I don't, I don't delude myself that I'm going to go on stage and say all these jokes and that people are going to walk out and be a different fucking Of people. course. You know what I mean? Of but, course. But if I do... I'm just as hateful as I was 12 minutes ago, <laughs> but... But that guy's funny. Good laugh. Right, yeah. exactly. He's funny, I mean, but I'm going to go right back to, you know... But if you do scratch their brains... A maybe, bit, maybe, right. There's something. If you something. do make them consider something that they didn't think of yeah. before, yep. then th to me, that's... It's a win. Yeah. It's right. like, well, at least make you think about it. I'm not yeah. trying to convert you sure. or change your mind. But I'm just saying, look around you at the absurdity of all this. Yeah. It's absurd. Right. And there's no yeah. other way to look at it than, like, this is fucking absurd. You know, can we agree on that? Right, you know. right, right, right. Like, I have a Trump joke that people laugh at because it's not a Trump joke. Use Trump because he's the perfect example mm -hmm. of the situation. But the situation is this. Only in America could a man land a private jet with his name on the side, get out wearing a $5,000 Armani suit and put on a trucker hat and people go, he's one of us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the that truth. That makes it so. <laughs> you know, it's like, I better give this guy money. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth, right? It's like, it's the system itself that's absurd. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, with him or, you know, he's just a symptom of the fucking problem. Of course. You think that these rich people give a shit about you. It doesn't <clears throat> matter where they come from. Right. You know, like, they don't. No, of course. They're of there course. to keep the entrenched system the way it is. Well, I think that's what's funny about it is that it's the truth. You're not even saying anything that's stretching it or... No. But in any case, where can uh, where can people find you? Where can we find you yeah, in especially Florida, especially since you've been banned on <laughs> Facebook. Well, I have, a, I have a, new, a website now. Okay. BruceLeonardComedy.com. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter at BruceLeonard20, on Instagram at BruceLeonardComedy. And on Facebook is Adam Chancellor because I've been banned for life. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to change name. Perfect. And I will be, um, first weekend of June, I'll be in uh, McCurdy's Comedy Theater at Sarasota, Florida. And we'll never be seen again after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, Carry him hopefully away. Hopefully I'll make it the next week to Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento, California. Because ah. I am booked there. <laughs> nice, I was going to nice, ask you that. How nice. far is Sacramento from here? That's far enough. It's a good six-hour drive, oh, yeah, I would six say. Hours, something cool. like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. California is tall and no, wide. No. <laughs> and Sacramento is not even the top, even close. No, it's just yeah. it's, you still got 400 miles to go. When yeah, you get they there. call it Northern California, but it really is not the north. It's because we don't claim anything yeah. above Redding. That might as well just be Oregon South. Pretty much. <laughs> cool. Okay, man. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Well, there you have it. Is your funny bone tickled? Tickled indeed. You look a little jittery over there. That's uh, that's a dangerous sentence. Is your funny bone tickled? <laughs> <laughs> the sexual harassment lawsuits have come for much less. But I'm saying it to you. Are you going to charge me? Yes, uh, funny of course. Bone, uh, I can't even say funny bone anymore. I, I need to prove that I live in You're U.S. Hard, all the other ones. You can't say anything to women anymore. Basically, we're just gonna. <laughs> you turn uh, ultra right wing now. That's like what I would hear from Ben Shapiro or something. That we can't say dirty words anymore. Yes. And Why is everybody women, so upset? And uh, boy, I told everybody my pronouns are he, y'all. It caused a bit of a stir. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. You can pick any pronoun you want, but I want to joke about it a little bit. The horror. Nah. How did we make it 40-something years without our pronouns laying out everywhere? Yeah, I just don't it's... get it. Make me want to go tackle Dave Chappelle. That's not a bad idea. Let's tackle James. That should be like a, just a sport. Like, <laughs> Don't put that out there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ten people all tackling Dave Chappelle. Security, if they beat you on the head and you didn't get to Dave Chappelle, you clearly lost. We're going to stomp somebody. Yeah, it could be an interesting sport. Good Lord. Cool. Well, let's wrap it up and um, wish everybody a good day. And all you funny bone people, don't be so upset. Switch. D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at RichieMon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo cazzo, in questo caso, le providenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh, man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs>
This was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're right outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's. <laughs> So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh, uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about... Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought... <coughs> Sorry. Well... <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's maybe too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. Why?